Hi, everyone. This is Sarah Wolf. I just have four quick announcements that I wanted to share with you. If you didn't know, we are also on YouTube. And when I have guests, most of the time we record the videos. So if you want to ever jump over there and watch the show instead of just listening to it, you can just find us at Creatrix Culture. I also do sound baths and the majority of the sound baths that I do, I record it. So I also put those videos up there. If you do want a meditation and a sound healing, you have access to that as well on that channel. I've just been notified that Spotify, now you can rate the show. You've always been able to rate it on Apple Podcasts, but now you can rate it on Spotify. So if you are listening on either two of those platforms, I would love to ask you to give us a little rating. And if you have an extra moment to give us um, a little, uh, what do they call it? Review. That would be great. And... I stumbled across a thing recently called Buy Me a Coffee. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but you can buy my guests and I a coffee. Since this season, season three, is all about my guests, I thought it'd be a fun little interaction to do with you all and my guests. And we will give you a shout out to you or your company or whatever you want us to shout out to on the next show. And last but not least, we have settled on a date on the abundance course. So it is called the 40-Day Abundance Conversion Course. It'll be starting April 4th. So you can just find all the links for more information in the show notes or the links are in the bio. So I'm so excited to be bringing that to you guys with my girl Katarina. So I won't take up any more of your time and thank you for listening. Hi, you are listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf, and today we are with Molly Mandelberg, and she is a full-time nomad running her six-figure business out of her Sprinter converter ban. And she just told me today she is in Sedona, so I can't wait to talk about that because she's in mm-hmm. one of my favorite places on earth. And she is the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up. She is the creator of the Magnetic Influence- Influencer Collective and the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle Deck. She has two podcasts, Tactical Magic and Reveal the Game of Life, and she helps coaches, healers, conscious leaders with their marketing strategies and so much more. Welcome, Molly. It is such a pleasure to connect with you today. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So why don't we dig in a little bit more of what you do? Because you have a lot going on, which is really cool. I imagine you're a very busy person. (laughs) I'm a highly productive person. Yeah. Somehow I still make time to live a fun life though. My business is called Wild Hearts Rise Up. I mostly work with people who trade in wisdom and guidance. So coaches, holistic practitioners, um, leaders, conscious guiding individuals. And I help them on sort of two ends of the spectrum. What I used to do is really just the tactics and the strategy and the marketing and the copywriting, automation building, using an email list, using social media to grow your audience, that kind of stuff. And I found two things were happening when I was just doing that. One was the spiritual side of me that is my true self was feeling unexpressed. Uh And the other side was uh, I was noticing that some people using the strategies we put in place would see success. And some people, it seemed like there was an invisible barrier keeping them from having the things that they said they want, the things they were putting in motion to create, but it still wasn't working. And so what I noticed was 
the inner game has to align with the outer strategies. And so all of my programs, all of my work with my clients now touches on both sides of that. It's the inner work of how do we overcome those limiting beliefs? How do we unblock ourselves from those subconscious limitations, those stories that are keeping us stuck Mm -hmm. and simultaneously take action to create the avenues, the income streams, the offerings that our people will really resonate and connect with and want to dive into. And both of those things put together creates way more rapid growth, momentum, traction, and magic for my clients to be found by their clients to be receiving the results that they want in their lives. So you're like kind of like a spiritual marketing coach. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) I say I teach magic and marketing, yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's really beautiful because in the work that I do, it, like, and the, the deeper I get in the work that I do, it's, it, it really is about the as within, so without aspect. Totally. And if, yeah. if your end's not good, your out's not going to be good, no matter what kind of successful or proven plan is in place. It's just, it's not going to work for you if your insides aren't yeah. in, in that proper balance. So I love that you found that and have merged the worlds of that and really, you know, saw the, the diamonds in, in, in what wasn't working. So that's really cool. How fun. When did you make your Oracle deck? Uh, I spent two years making it and it's been done for about two and a half years. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's been out there and that's, um, not so much geared towards entrepreneurs, although it's an amazing tool for people who are in business, but it's really for anyone. I kind of call it a pep talk deck. Um, Mm -hmm. You can use it to ask a question and get an answer. You can use it in like a traditional tarot kind of spread if you want to. But I also just like to pick a card a day or if I'm looking for inspiration or like last night, we were doing a little new moon ceremony in this magical place of Sedona. And so we all pulled the card from the deck to like get a little insight on what it is we need to be aware of right now. Yeah. So where do you originate from? I grew up mostly in Oregon. I was born in California, grew up in Oregon, and I've been nomadic for most of the last 13, 13 years, 14 years. Wow. Seriously? Living out Uh, of your van? No, the van has been four years. Okay. Um, But But you were just traveling around? Yeah. Um, I've had a few stints where I stayed somewhere for five or six months. Or when I first started my business, I was less mobile for a couple of years while I was getting it going. But yeah, for the most part, since I was 22, I'm now 36. I've been, yeah, traveling the world, usually going abroad or being somewhere tropical in the winter and not tropical necessarily, sometimes just the desert in the winter and then yeah. traveling around the country in the summer, visiting friends and family, going to see music that I love, going to different conferences and events and seminars all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happier when I'm moving, I've found. And my body is um, very, one of those bodies that requires sunlight to be happy most mm-hmm. of the time. So yeah. Yeah. growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I didn't quite realize that my emotional sphere was so impacted by the weather until I stopped doing winter there. And now I know, you know, if I get caught up in the sads, one of the things I need to change is how much sun- sunlight I'm getting right now. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I grew up uh, in Minnesota. So now I've lived in Los Angeles on and off for uh, 22 years in April. It'll be, that'll be like my anniversary. And even when it's like a cloudy day here for like a couple days, I like tell people, I'm like, I think I have PTSD from growing up in Minnesota Mm -hmm. because it's just like a couple days of really bad weather. And I'm just like out of sorts. (laughs) I I like, and it's in the minute we have a nice day again, like, cause this time of year, like the, it'll kind of be all over the place. 
and the sun comes back out again, my mood is just like beaming. And I'm like, I can do anything. Everything's great. And then the minute like a day is cloudy, I'm like, what? What's happening? Why? (laughs) Like, what's what's wrong with me? So I totally get that. It's really important. I was just talking with someone the other night and apparently... I should have actually looked this up. We didn't, we didn't end up looking it up. We were at a sound bath and we were just having a conversation that humans should actually live. And I can't remember which cancer it is, but it's like, or which tropic it is. I mean, so I don't know if it's like the tropic of cancer or the tropic of Capricorn. I, we never looked it up to see where it is on, on the map. Um, but we should only be living within one of those tropics. So we sh- where it's like tropical and sunlight humans weren't meant to live in these other places that are mm. these really harsh um weather or uh just less sunlight for less sunlight yeah. probably between those two is like the is like yeah the, the sweet spot that we're only meant to and it's um because we went deeper it was kind of like the the invention of fire then changed the structure of our food but then also changed us going out and living in other parts of the world that we yeah. really for our highest health should not be living in so fascinating yeah <laughs> so how many days are you going to be in Sedona I am only here this week I actually am taking a access consciousness class in Scottsdale it was supposed to be in Sedona but it's going to be in Scottsdale Arizona this weekend so I'm heading down there then I have a good friend in Tucson I'm going to go visit um, a friend and client and brilliant artist I'm going to go see in Tucson before I head back to call, uh, California in a couple weeks for okay when you're on the road, so where do you generally like stay? Like at campsites or just like parking in different places, like on the side of the road? Like what yeah. does that look like? Yeah, for sure. I have paid for a campground, I think three times in the four oh. years since I got the van. So I don't really stay in campgrounds. And that's one of the reasons I chose a sprinter van over an RV. I think it's a little bit harder to stealth camp in an RV, but I have spent years traveling. So I have loved ones and friends and family all over the country. Yeah. So a lot of the time I am visiting people that I love in the different places that I am. If I'm really trying to make miles across the country, I'm all about rest stops and truck stops and whatever, whenever I, I drive until I'm tired and I just sleep wherever I am because I have my whole bed and house and kitchen with me. So it doesn't matter that much. And then, um, yeah, also BLM land. There's lots of good apps to find where there's dispersed camping and you can just drive out into nature and park somewhere and be there for a few days to a few weeks. Um, Usually in uh, the winter, I like to spend a few weeks with other van lifers who are usually camped out near Quartzsite, Arizona in January. Uh Um, And then, yeah, there's other times and places where I meet up with van friends and we just hang out in nature for a few weeks together. But yeah, I have four main hubs. My brother's in Austin, Texas. My dad's in Colorado. My mom's in Oregon. And then some of my best friends are in the Bay Area. So those are like my hubs that I move between. And sometimes I make it out to the East Coast and just keep traveling. Uh Um, But yeah, I spend a lot of my time in those four places. Amazing. Does it ever get like, do you ever get annoyed? Like you want to this, cause this is what I think my friends um, have like five acres of land in Joshua tree. And they're always trying to get me to come and move into one of the RVs on the land, you know? And yeah, I have a, I have a pretty big two bedroom, two bath apartment. And I was like, when I grew up, I had like a tiny little room with a tiny little bed. And my first apartment in LA was like tiny little studio. And this apartment is like my first, I've lived here for like almost eight years in this apartment. And 
it's like I like spread out, right? Like I'm like, oh, I can like spread out and they want me to like come live in this small in an RV or something. But then I'm like, I don't know if I would get annoyed of being so, and I, I'm with you. Like I love to move. Like I need to get out of the city. Like, yeah, I have like a, a, a hard six month rule or less. Like I have to keep, I don't like to stay in one space. I like movement even though I've lived in this apartment for a long time, but I blame my dog because she made me a little <laughs> bit more grounded in life. But yeah, do you ever feel like you just need to like spread I, out? Or I no? will say I just had like an hour break before we hopped on this podcast and I just drove a mile and opened my door and had the entirety of Sedona in front of me. So it, if I were stuck inside the van all this time, absolutely, it would be too small. But I get to open my door and have like the entire world as my living room wherever yeah. I am, whenever I want. So I don't feel cramped in by it, but I will say my dog is the biggest pull that says, you know, at some point I sh- I'll have <laughs> land or at least a house because he is a like a couch and carpeting aficionado and he's just not satisfied with fan life most of the time. He likes really? being outside a lot. Yeah, but yeah. you can see him, he's behind me if you're mm-hmm. watching this on video. He really likes to be in comfy, cozy spaces. So whenever we're visiting someone, he's always like beelines for the carpeting to roll around and then finds the couch to lay on because that's his favorite thing. That's funny. Yeah, my dog, she she's a golden. So she's she's a bigger girl. And I've found that she loves houses. So whenever we go to like my parents' house or visit anyone's house, she doesn't want to come home with me. Yeah. And I'm like, so now you're telling me you're like over apartment life and you... <laughs> Yeah, I need to get you a house to live in. I know it's funny. Um, But yeah, I mean, the big dream is partly the money I save that I would be paying in rent or something to buy land someday and build a retreat center and have, you know, a big property where I can host events and ceremony and Mm -hmm. gather people for transformational retreats and things like that. And that seems to be I, I have thought it was further out into the future, but it seems to be coming closer and closer lately. There is a property I found a couple uh, about a year and a half ago that I got really excited about and then talked myself out of. But I feel like that dream is going to happen sooner than I expect, which is exciting. Where is that? I don't know yet. I think okay. it's going to be in Washington State. Okay. Um, I am kind of, um, even though I don't want to spend winters in Washington State, I am believer that I want to be somewhere where there's water in the ground. Mm-hmm. So even though Sedona is gorgeous, I want there to be, you know, lots yeah. of water for the future. That's another reason why I just never kind of like made, well, there's a few reasons over time where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to move to Joshua tree. One is in the winter, the winds, well, especially in Landers where my friends have the property, it's so wicked wind that it's just the, the, it's just a lot. It's a lot of energy. And I don't sleep that the dryness, the dryness of the desert, as much as like, I love the Southwest. My parents live in Phoenix right now. They retired from Minnesota down there. And I have such a calling. I've been going to Sedona since I was 20. I'm 42 now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent a lot of time there. But yeah, to live full time in like a desert climate, I feel like LA is like the closest I can be to like not having that moisture in the air. Yeah. And in my friends, so they do um, they do retreats at their house. So in the summer, they don't have anything going on. So their main retreat time is kind of like spring and, and fall. Mm -hmm. Um, and that land is great because if people are really processing some really deep stuff, it's like that a land like really alchemizes it, um, and burns it away, or you have the sun there to really energize or the winds come through and just kind of blow it out. But yeah, having water too, and like that, 
that wooded nature aspect I feel would be is like another different type of component for doing the work and healing and, and holding spaces like that. Totally. Yeah. I was just recording a podcast with a friend of mine a couple hours ago and she does breath work and she does breath work in like exotic destination retreats. And she was talking about the difference of like the energy you're inhaling in somewhere like Belize versus the redwoods is, you know, a completely different quality to the air that you're calling in and the elements that you're activating in that work. It's pretty cool. Wow. I've, that's really awesome. I've never really looked at breathwork like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I don't drink anymore, but I was just telling one of my girlfriends this morning, we went hiking and of one thing I did love about wine is, is tasting like when it's really good wine and not just your like run of the mill, like commercial wine is the aspect of tasting the elements of the earth and like communing with the earth in that way. And that uh, region of the world and everything. And I never really put it to, yeah, like actually that's, that's, I'm going to have to sit with that one. Cause that one's really yeah, cool too. Really cool. That hadn't occurred to me either before we talked about it. And yeah, it feels the same way when you're doing big work in any place, the land that you're on and the elements around you and the qualities of the weather or whatever are going to be a part of that experience. Mm-hmm. And it can be very powerful and different in different places. I mean, the desert has so much energy to offer. And of course, so does the trees or the rainforest or, you know, yeah, the rain or the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on my wind. I don't like wind. And a shaman told me, she's like, if you don't like an element, you need to sit with that. And it's funny. Mm -hmm. My dog doesn't like wind either. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I just don't like things blowing in my, (laughs) in my face, but also wind is so powerful. So I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good with change. So I feel like there's not that aspect in it. But yeah, I'm, I'm working on what my relationship is to wind of why. I don't I, know if you ever read fiction, but one of my favorite books of all time is called The Name of the Wind. Oh. And it's like a fantasy novel, but it's fabulous. Okay. I'll actually yeah. check it out. Yeah. It's long, but it's worth it. And I'll just caveat to say it's the first of a trilogy and the third one's not out yet. So you'll have to join us in waiting for okay. that. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah. So how long have you had your, your business for? I think last month was seven years. Wow. Yeah. So I started, I kind of started at the end of 2014, but it was like officially, I was a business owner at the beginning of 2015. Okay. Yeah. And do you find it hard because I'm guessing you do most of your business online? Yeah. Is it hard like doing the Wi-Fi aspect or is that No, I have it down to a pretty good science. I have a booster that boosts cell signal in my van. And then I have two cell phones. One's AT&T, the other's T-Mobile. And depending on where I am, usually one or the other phone has pretty good signal. I mean, I'll have to drive somewhere like the friends I'm visiting in Sedona are kind of in a between a bunch of mountains. So I drove up to town to sit in a parking lot to do my calls today. But it doesn't really matter to me because the inside of my van looks the same no matter where I'm doing my calls. Yeah. So I often have to drive a little ways to get the best signal, especially when I'm recording podcasts or when I'm facilitating my group calls. But then it also comes down to scheduling because I know I do so much driving and I go so many places and I'm often wanting to spend quality time with people or have, you know, full weekends to immerse myself in the events that I go to or that I host that I just do my calls three days a week. So I have really busy, like call days on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then I also 
don't let people book me for one week a month. And I used to just do that on the last week of every month. And now I do it after the full moon. That's usually when my moon is also. Okay. Um, so I have a time t- after the full moon, like climax of energy to like decompress a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't do calls on that week or I don't do calls on Monday and Friday now and then, but I have the only, I'm the only person who can book me on those days. So I have like control of my schedule in that way. And that allows me a lot of spaciousness to do creative projects, like making that deck. I just finished, uh, published my book a couple months ago. I was going to um, ask you about that too. Do you have one book or two? I, I have one, one's that, one that's published and one okay. that is a novel that I haven't yet published, but I probably will soon. Okay. Yeah. And what's the published book called again? It's, it's called Wild Hearts Rise Up. Oh, it's, it is. Okay. So of the same name. So mm-hmm. that's nice. Keeping it yeah. all in the. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of what to name that book. And then that was like the obvious. Of course, it's called that. Yeah. yeah. Just keeping it easy with finding things and brand and all of that. Yeah. 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 And it's the overarching message of who I'm talking to and what what we're working on, which is the people who are not not the normal that have a wildness to them that have a deeper like spiritual calling and know that they're on some sort of a journey and path mm-hmm. and that their deepest desire is to rise above their expectations rise above their limitations rise above what they think is possible or what this world has told them is possible for them and create something greater and more than anyone could dream could happen yeah there's a lot of um I think there's a lot of souls waking up to that right now, even more and more since like the blessing in the pandemic, I feel like, and and taking people out of their rat races was to really start showing them, you know, what life could be or what life do they actually want. And I've been pretty on my own path, knowing of generally what I'm doing and that I don't follow into the norm and all that and been pretty, you know, okay about that. But even for myself being um, taken out of certain areas and being able to spend that time and really looking at, I've completely transformed my direction because I had the space and time to to actually, because LA can be such a rat race, even just energetically, even if you're not in it. Like yeah. I live on a hill in Studio City that like below my house is just like so much energy. And I keep checking in with spirit. Like, is it time to go? Like I'm open to see what, you know, if it's time to go, it's time to go. But spirit's like, no, we're staying, we're staying here. You're doing work here. Like this is what you're doing for now. And then Mm -hmm. when it's time to go, it's time to go. But a lot of times that rat race energy, I, I start feeling like I ingest it too much. And then I get back into, so it was so nice during that time to have the lull of everything, like slowing down. Yeah. Did you see any differences in your business during that time? I mean, I was fortunate to have positioned myself as someone who can help you bring your business online before the pandemic hit. So 2020 was actually an amazing year for my business where everybody who had been wanting to work with me or everybody who had worked with me, but never quite finished doing that thing was reaching out and wanting to finally do that thing or finish that thing and make it happen. Um, So yeah, I was right when shutdown happened for the first time. I happened to have been visiting my mom. So I spent a couple months just staying there in one place. And mm-hmm. luckily that mean, meant I had the time to like take on a lot more clients than I would usually serve at once. And yeah, it was amazing. It was a huge, um, I, I know it sounds weird to say I had a great time in 2020, but it was amazing for my business. And I was in a like rapid growth state. Mm-hmm. And, and then I decided, you know, I felt safe. I wasn't 
it was easy enough to wear a mask to go in a store or not interact with people everywhere I went and be in group settings. So I just took off and I did a giant loop around the whole country during 2020. I went from Oregon to Colorado to uh, St. Louis up to Minneapolis and then over to Maine and then slowly worked my way down the eastern seaboard as the leaves were changing color in the fall and then I spent a week or so in Florida and then made my way back through Austin, did the holidays in Austin and then back to California and back up to Oregon eventually. So yeah, I did a lot of traveling and got a lot of, um, had a lot of amazing projects come through for clients. And I think I launched another program that year too. So 2020 was great for me. I, yeah. I had an awesome time. I know that there's a lot of uh, drama and trauma and a lot of grief and a lot of bad quote unquote, bad things that went down. But I also was really present to the invitation that that shutdown has been for people to really look at their lives and look at what is actually important to me. And how has that rat race that you're alluding to? How has that been serving me or not serving me? And what do I need to change now? And I think a lot of people are recognizing that the job they were doing, or the way they were living was not actually serving them. And so I was grateful for a global scale, everybody to have a moment to pause Mm -hmm. and look at what it is, what is it that I really want and who do I want to be moving forward and how can I start creating my life to support that? Um, So I felt mostly tapped into that vision through that time. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I, I thought it was a great year. I was like, I think I'm like the happiest pandemic person because I traveled around too, not super far. I just like went out to Arizona a lot. Saw my parents, spent a lot of time in Joshua Tree. I actually had a whole new like friendship circle form. Like a lot of people that are in the spiritual path. I just, I say we're all being really magnetized together now really quickly to to work in energy together and be together. And to, you know, a lot of people are on the thing of like, you know, putting together places for, retreat centers and different stuff and coming together and, you know, really bringing visions and dreams forward. And I spent time, I got to go, I drove to Arizona, met up with my parents and then my dog and myself and them, we all drove to Northern Minnesota to our cabin together. And I got to spend a month in the woods and it was like a dream come true. Cause I always wanted to bring my dog, but I refused to put her underneath the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just kind of felt bad to like make her a service dog and have her come on the plane. I still might do it someday. I'll be honest, but <laughs> this was a way for me to like, just go for myself to get back to my roots. I'm originally from Northern Minnesota and be in nature in that respect and my woods and all the things. Um, it's and a powerful she- place up there. It really is. Have you been to Ely or Boundary Waters or any of that? Yeah, area? I've spent a couple, I've done a couple Boundary Water trips in canoes with my friend, Karen, who she actually hosts women's leadership retreats in canoes up in the Boundary Waters. Oh, cool. Is, yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm from Ely. So awesome. I lived there from when I was born till I was six. I was born in Duluth. And then we have a family cabin um, on Bearhead State, Bearhead lake state park and then we're on eagle's nest so just 15 minutes outside of town so i have lifelong friends up there family up there um it's really it's a special place very magical i don't think there's anywhere else on earth that i've been where i was that i felt that far from any civilization and just like completely deep into nature yeah and the fact that they keep it so pure i don't know do they allow, I don't even know if they allow motorized 
because uh, they would allow some if you're like it um, depends on the lake that you're on but most okay. of them don't yeah I haven't been to those parts we would we, when we were young we would like like 16 we would when I would go up there my friends and I we would drive out to the boundary waters we would have our boats or our canoes or whatever it was and then we would just it was our ex, like escape <laughs> to go like drink beer on the lake and be out yeah. in nowhere and like just get drunk and fish all day <laughs> yeah because there's no one monitoring anything yeah um there was a, another time there a group of us went camping and then it started raining and we didn't even care and we just like slept on rocks and like just got soaked and it's so gorgeous up there yeah how old were you when you decided like when it really came to you that you wanted to live this nomadic life and go into the world of like living out of your van and stuff. Yeah. So when I finished college at 22, I was kind of, I knew I had grown up traveling. My mom took us traveling a lot when we were kids. And so I knew I had a passion for traveling. I knew I wanted to see a lot of places. And so for like six or seven or eight years or so, I don't remember exactly, probably six or seven years after college, I was really committed to not ending up in a dead end job and to traveling the world and seeing as many places and learning about myself in the process. So I was traveling abroad alone and like rapidly evolving as a human being and figuring mm -hmm. out who, who it was I wanted to be, how I wanted to show up, how I wanted to be seen. I had a lot of trauma and stuff to overcome. Um, and a lot of, a lot of that was actually, if I'm being honest, me running from community, running from being fully seen, being held, being held accountable, being responsible for my relationships to other people. So I would travel around alone and work service industry jobs, pick up a job at a hostel. If I ran out of money when I was in another country, mm -hmm. um, just really being the starving artist and exploring and figuring out who I was. And it was kind of the beginning of my Saturn return when I was 20 years or 29 that I went to a Brian Weiss workshop. Brian mm -hmm. Weiss is many lives, many masters. He's an expert in past life regression therapy. And I had been fascinated by that since I was a kid. My mom actually raised us believing in that stuff. And so I went to his workshop and at his workshop, I learned his technique and then left there thinking I really need to know more about the induction process. I should learn hypnotism or hypnosis so that I could actually practice this on people and feel like I know what I'm doing and I'm capable of holding that space. So I took an intensive in that. And after that, it was like, I need a place to practice. I rented a little office and then to be legit, I need a business name and insurance and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I actually like accidentally started my business just because I wanted to be practicing this tool. And then suddenly I was an entrepreneur. I had to figure out what that meant and what that meant about me. But in the journey of starting to do hypnotherapy, I started to be on this like intensive personal growth, personal development track of looking at who I was, trying to unlimit that. And it was that first couple of years of my business that I was staying a little bit more stationary so that I could practice these tools so that I could invest in learning more about business. I could invest in um, the tools and also the mentorship that I needed to become who I knew I wanted to be. And then my business got to a place where it was like, okay, Molly, you can choose where you want to live now. You've spent all these years vagabonding, like, where do you want to be? And mm -hmm. my heart was like, no, <laughs> we don't want to pick a place still. I still want to be nomadic. And now that the money is here to do it, however I want to do it, 
how about instead of traveling around the country in the Subaru, I build a house on wheels that can come with me. And now I get to have my apartment with me wherever I go. So to answer your question, for most of that 14 years, the first most of it, it was very much a hippie wandering lifestyle Mm -hmm. of trying to find my purpose, trying to find my place, trying to find myself. And then in the last few years, it's, it's a lot less, it's not running from things. It's really me running to things and running to experiences, running to community, um, being a connector and sort of the tinker who goes from town to town, connecting communities and, um, deepening my own relationship to myself, my relationship to the people that are important to me in my life, and also building the network of my business and, um, sharing my services with people in all different places and in all different ways. And I think partly also not that I don't have permission to stop being a nomad whenever I want, because I reserve the right to settle, settle down and put roots down at some point if I feel like it. Yeah. But I think living this way and running the business that I'm running is also a way of me walking my talk and saying, your business doesn't have to look like anyone else's and your vision doesn't have to match up with a status quo or you know, equate to the house and two kids and whatever. Mm-hmm. It can be whatever you want it to be. And if we're building the business you want, what's that going to look like? And how can we start putting that into play right now so that in a couple of years or a year or a few months, you're starting to actually live into that dream. My dream looks like this. Your dream can look like whatever you want it to look like. But mm-hmm. if we don't start asking those questions and looking at what that is for us, it's harder to actually actualize it and move into it and manifest it in our lives. Yeah. And so many people, I mean, they are, they're so programmed or stuck in, in that societal program, right. And the thing growing up for me, I grew up in a suburb outside of Minneapolis and I would look around our suburb because when my parents moved from Ely to the city and I would just look and I'm like, I don't want this life this life looks really horrible. These cookie cutter little houses. I was so bored. All we did was like drink and do drugs because we were all so bored. I grew up dancing. So at least I had that outlet, you know, and it just seemed the whole, like, then we get in our car and then we go to our work and then we come home and then we do the, you know, and that, like, I, I couldn't, the monotonous life just like, to me is death, you know? And so I very young, I was like, well, I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to be an actress. And, (laughs) but I wasn't going to stay as an actress. I was also, my whole thing was to write direct movies and do all that. And Mm. simultaneously, my spiritual self kind of like, I've been like battling, like not really a battling, but like which ones I would kind of like be like, okay, spirit. Well, if you give me this movie, then I'll go and do this thing for you. And they're like, well, you don't get to do all that. So Mm. it's interesting that my life has brought me to LA taught me a bunch of stuff because I came here when I was 20. So I was put straight into the school of life in Hollywood and (laughs) being 20 years old in a city on your own with, you know, some friends, but no real, we were all young, you know? And uh, yeah, just like learning, learning how to just live and and what is the life that you're going to create. And through that, I waited tables for a long time. And one reason why I knew I was staying in it, I had a desk job for two and a half years. I did events for a big restaurant um, chain. And I've never been more miserable in my life. And at that time, I was about to be married. And I had a long relationship. And I would cry on the weekends. And I was like, absolutely miserable. But I felt like when I got into my late 30s, not late 30s, mid 30s, I need to like grow up and I need to, you know, I don't know, 
be a little bit more serious or something, whatever I made up in my head during that time. (laughs) And so then like, I was with this guy who was like, you know, he was like a good person and like his family was good. And like, I don't know. Right. And so I became not me and I went into this thing. Yeah. And I was literally, I was suicidal. I've never been so miserable in my life. And I was like, now I know why that this, this American dream that they've painted is like, is not a dream at all for me. And I know for a lot of other souls, I can't speak for everyone, nor probably you could speak for everyone, but maybe like a lot of people that we've came in contact with Mm -hmm. is like the American death. It's like, it's not the American prison, the American something that's not, it's not freeing. Right. And I've just, I've always lived my life according to, you know. Yeah. I just walked away four days ago from a relationship that I was like, this is pretty good, but like, it's not it. It's not right. And he's like, well, we could get married and have a house. And I'm like, that's not it either. Yeah. (laughs) It might be with someone maybe. Right. And how many of us, and I'll speak for myself because I've done it too, settle for something that's not quite right because it looks like that's the next step. Mm-hmm. And that's the direction we should be moving in. And so, you know, growing up or being an adult or putting, getting our shit together is yeah. going to look something like this. And this is kind of like that. So like, I guess I'll move in this direction. And it's like, what do you really know? What is your heart really aware of? Mm-hmm. When are you going to be willing to trust that awareness over anything else? And what magic would be allowed to show up if we gave up the, what am I supposed to do? And leaned into or surrendered more to the, what am I called to do? Mm-hmm. Where am I, where am I being led? And I love that you asked that question about, you know, there's all this energy in LA. Is it time to go yet? No, you're still doing work here. And that alone is like such a powerful process to tap into something bigger than you if you want to, or your higher self, if that's easier to tap into. But what do you know already about your path? Are you on it? Does it require a shift right now? Is there something else you could be choosing? Is there something else you desire? Um, is there a message that you really know that you've been avoiding knowing? <laughs> like me yeah. choosing to get out of this relationship. I mean, me too. I, it was so funny during that time. I was, um, this is probably like, let's see, we moved here. So I moved back to Minneapolis for a few years during the, the recession. And that was cool because I went back to Minneapolis as an adult and I never really spent time there. So to like, I, all my friends were like musicians or actors or in plays and making movies and doing all this stuff. Um, so I was there for almost five years. And then it came to the point LA was really calling me again. And I brought my, the person I was with then um, out here with me. And so it was somewhere around like 2013, 14, 15, around that time. Cause yeah, he and I got married in 2015 and I don't remember where I was going with this now. Um, following I was just the past. like trying to think of, huh? Following the path, asking the questions, tapping into yeah, your Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I just missed it because I just got into like this time frame thing for whatever reason. Like I said, I always like laugh because my, my listeners definitely know by now it's like when I'm PMSing or like about to get my period, my brain doesn't work or I can't talk. So we just kind of like flow through it. Um, is that I, when I was working that, that desk job for doing events for the restaurant and I was doing so much self-help and self-development because of me being so miserable. And when I would talk to my ex about not being happy, he's like, yeah, but like, you're 
job like pays the bills and pays the rent and just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Right. And there was no anything like, well, what do you want to do? Like, let's see how we can figure this out because I thought I wanted to do events. I thought it would be really fun. And when I got into the job, it just, it wasn't creative. I thought it was going to be creative. I was basically just a space manager. And my most creative thing a day would be like on the top of the menu is doing something creative with the stupid message or whoever's birthday it was. Right. It was mm-hmm. like, I felt like Homer Simpson, just like pressing a button all day long. It was just not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so there was like this moment where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat lunch anymore during the day. I'm going to go for, I'm just going to go out and walk in the neighborhood. And during walking in the neighborhood, I would listen to Abraham Hicks, right? Mm -hmm. Every day. And I wouldn't eat lunch. I would just walk in the neighborhood. I would eat something at my desk later. And I was still miserable, right? And I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, I just remember like talking to my friend on my, on the phone one day at lunch. And I'm like, I don't know how much fucking self-help I need to do to be happy. And she just still reminds me that we like cry because I was like, I was just at my end. And one thing that came out of that when the fallout started happening, I finally quit the job and I started becoming a little bit happier still, but it just, it wasn't working, wasn't working, wasn't working. And then it was finally going back to what you said. And that's the point of this of like, what are you not wanting to look at? And I was like, finally spirit brought me to it's your relationship. (laughs) Like you're not happy in this relationship. It's not all of these things. This isn't working for you on so many levels. And you're distracting yourself thinking it's all these other things or that you're a horrible person or that. And I put a lot of stuff even on myself that I'm whatever. And it was like, no, it's, it's this thing that you're in that. And I was just married when it really fully, like we got married in 2015 and I left the relationship in 2017 and I had to get honest with myself, but it took me years to even look at that. And I did make the mistake of like what people do when they get married or have kids and they think like, oh, that's going to change something of this dynamic. That's going to make them whatever, grow up or and it actually does the opposite and it did do the opposite. And I, I, I was like, wow, I, I, that was, it was so in front of my face and I couldn't, I couldn't see it for like, or was willing, I guess, to really look at it. So I looked everywhere. It's hard to take this thing. That's supposed to be like one of the lightest, most like nurturing things in our lives and say, you know what, actually this doesn't work for me. It's really hard to admit that. Yeah. Especially when you're like, you know, deep in it with someone or you get married and then the families are like blended and they all love each other. And then, you know, you've built this life together and we had our dog, you know, we got our dog together and we did all these things. And I'm like, this is just not, it's not for me. It's not lighting me up. And like, then I felt like a shitty person for that because I, then I felt like I was lying for a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm such a big component of really like, it's scary it's so scary to take those leaps of faith into what your heart wants. And I just did it again in September and I'm building the life that I want. And it's really hard some days and other days I'm like, it's so blissful and I don't know where it's going. And I feel like this is the first time in my life where I'm putting all my trust into the unknown. And Mm -hmm. I'm really working on not trying to control any of it. I'm just sitting with what lights me up what direction am I being called to go? What's the next thing? 
but yeah, taking those leaps of faith in whatever areas it, it is scary and it, and it isn't easy at times. It's not easy and it's not comfortable. And that doesn't mean it's not right. Exactly. Yeah. But what's worse is, you know, pretending it's right and suffering and staying in something. Yeah. I, I just came across this like little meme. I just wanted to read it and that I posted it today. And it says, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Yeah, I love that quote. And it's like, that really resonated with me because of the changes I've made. I'm like, staying in those buds was killing me. Staying in those buds was was so detrimental to my health that if I didn't make the changes I made in September, I actually had a... um, I, my friend gifted me a tarot reading like right before the pandemic. And have you ever been to Ojai? Yeah. Okay. So she's out in Ojai and we, I just saw that. Oh, we still have time. Okay. Um, Mm. everything being shut down and LA has been kind of really bad and annoying with everything. Um, it's been very restrictive. So we put off going out there and getting my reading, but we finally did like probably eight months ago now. And the tarot reader was also like a medical intuitive. And she's like, in your field, you have sick illness in your field. So it's not here because clearly we're, you know, I'm very in tune with my body, but she's like, she wasn't, she wasn't telling me to change my life, but she was just making me aware of that. It was in my field. Mm -hmm. And it was shortly after that, all these things started unraveling where I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't get out of this environment, that mm-hmm. I'm in right now for that was my job for my paycheck, right? Yeah. I'm going to get extremely ill. Yeah. And I don't know what form that's going to take, but I I I know what she's talking about and out now I see it. And it's like I if you don't leave. choose to get out of it, you're going to subconsciously kill your body so you don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. It's or like, you're going to have a big, so fucked up, but people do it all the time, all the time, or a big, you get into a big car accident or something's going to happen to you where you're literally it, dying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Where it's and like, you will literally what? die to get out of it. So like, yeah. get out of it. Just like, get out of it. <laughs> yeah. And who cares what other people say about it? Right. Yeah. One of my mentors at the time, he's like, your divorce is not anyone else's business. Everyone's going to have an opinion. It's not their business. Yeah. And then he also told me, told me, which stayed with me for a long time. Cause there was a moment where we were kind of maybe like, maybe going to work it out. And it just, that didn't last, that lasted for like a second, but he's like, if you don't leave now, it's going to get harder and harder to leave. You just yeah. need to go. Yeah. I'm grateful that my partner said that. Cause I was taking my time leaving. So I like wanted to make sure everything was in order and like be kind and stay for our roommate's birthday. And then it was like, time to go. And I was like, is there anything else you need for me? He's like, well, I need you to actually go at some point. Cause like, I can't miss you until you're gone. And I was like, that's kind of hurtful, but yeah. Okay. I'm leaving tomorrow. I was already leaving tomorrow, but yeah, it's true. If you're going to go, go, don't drag it out. Don't make it more than it needs to be. And it's true also that other people are going to have opinions. I put a post up um, on social media, not because I felt like I needed to explain myself or like, not that it's anyone's business, but, uh, but my own, but I was feeling in a place of empowerment thinking I'm choosing to end something that's pretty beautiful and amazing. And I also am really aware that it's not what's best for me, that I, I deserve greater than is this relationship is capable of bringing me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to choose greater, even if it means I'm alone for a while 
overstaying in something that's damn near perfect, but not quite right. And I shared that post. And then I was suddenly aware as people were reading it or responding to it of how many judgments and projections about relationship ending. And that needs to be hard and sad and uncomfortable. And oh no, poor you. All these projections were being impelled at me. And so I've been like clearing those every day. All the judgments and projections being impelled at me about this that society has or that people in my life have. Mm -hmm. I am just destroying and uncreating those right and left every single day because that's going to come up. People are going to witness what's going on in your life and they're going to have a point of view. Whether or not you take that point of view on as your own is up to you. Yeah. And it's a lot easier if you don't. (laughs) Yeah. I would have people when I would like call my credit card companies or different things to like change my name back, you know? And, And I'm like, okay, well, like this, this because of divorce. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I'd be like, no, it's totally great. Like it's like great. I feel bad for him, but it was like the best decision I could make for myself. I'm doing really fine. Like my only big hangup in for me about leaving was obviously the transition when there's always that transition and the unlocking from energy, right? You're going to have that time of, you know, just moving through that space. But my biggest thing for me was like my integrity of that. My integral integral can't say that word right now. Word was that I did sit in ceremony with this person and say within sickness and health and, and all the things till death do us part, which is like, that the seems like never a lot right now. Yeah. So clear <laughs> all the like, oaths and vows. <laughs> yeah. I'm going against my word, you know, and that was the hardest thing for me. Mm. just that because I'm like not honoring something that I said and I had to sit with that part of it for a really long time but the rest of it I was like I even told him at one point I was like I don't know why this because he was really like please don't do like what he because I kind of pulled the rug out from underneath him and I go I just know like we're not going to know till later why this is happening and I'm like all I can do is follow my heart is pulling me forward to to somewhere I don't know. And that's the only thing I can follow. Mm-hmm. And I have no answers and I, I have nothing to give you. I just know that like, I'm not meant to be here. And it's like, yeah, I felt bad about that, that like this, yeah, that I'm just like breaking a promise, but what's more important, me staying in a promise and being miserable, killing your body for it, killing or, my body. Right. So yeah, I'll die to get out truth. of it. No. And whether it hurts people or not, hundred percent of the time following what we know is true. I mean, with the exception of like killing people, but following what you know is true and right and good for you in the long run is in absolutely everyone's best interest, whether it triggers them, whether it hurts them emotionally or whether they get inspired by watching it happen. It's, it's always right to follow your awareness and trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I've just kind of been going through this lately of um, different conversations with people is, you know, all those times that spirit was working things out in our favor, but we looked at it as being some negative thing. Right. And then you look back at all the chunks of like the through line story over time. And it was like, holy shit. Yeah. That was like super in my favor. But at that moment, that one little thing was like the, the, like the, the biggest torment or the biggest like, heartbreak you or heartbreak yeah. or, you know, and it's like, how do I know that like in his life path, 
or my ex, for instance, like I don't talk to him anymore. I kind of told him in the breakup because he wasn't dealing with anything very well that we just needed to, even though the dog, I was like, he would show up drunk in the morning to, to see her. And I was like, this isn't healthy for you. And I, I, she's not a child. I know she's like our child, but like what's healthiest for both of us right now is we need to like no contact to, to really heal. And I can't take on this energy every time you, cause you hate me and you can't handle it because you have to get drunk to deal with it. Right. But in the long run, when I really looked back at where our relationship was, he wasn't doing well in it either. And where I was going with it is I don't know where his life is now. I don't know his life path. I don't know what he's doing. Not your responsibility though. Right. And And I know wherever it's taking him is so much greater for his purpose and his life than being in this with me. Because if I'm not happy, he has to be not happy. Whether he then wanted to look at it or not, that's not my responsibility either. Uh, yeah. But if it's not working for us both, it's not working. Right? right. Yeah. And, and one person is usually less willing to lie to themselves about that than the other. And that mm-hmm. was you. Yeah. But and- I think, think that there's an important quality of that too, that what you mentioned, which is what my whole book is basically about is finding that thread of something that seemed bad and wrong and turned out to be exactly what I needed and exactly the lesson that was required. And every heartbreak in my life has turned into a catalyst for me becoming something greater than I ever would have been staying in that relationship Mm -hmm. or in that job or in that whatever. And to be the kind of person who can look at your past and find those threads and look at that evidence and truth makes it so much easier moving forward to trust that awareness Mm -hmm. because you have all this evidence that says when I make a hard choice that is trusting my awareness, that is following my truth, it always works out for me. It may take a few months or years, but I always know that it catalyzes something great in my life. Not everyone is going to be able or choose to look at their lives that way. And so some people are going to martyr themselves. Some people are going to be wounded and play the victim for as long as they can. And maybe for the rest of this life, maybe into another, Mm -hmm. but you can only follow what's true for you. And we can't take responsibility for how other people react to us choosing our truth and our knowing. Yeah. Because it's, you know, like, like they, like in one of these um, business something, that someone told me about a while back, they're like, is when you're doing something that, you know, you're extending yourself there and you're caring about their opinion. It's like, well, are they paying your bills? And you mm-hmm. can look at that as uh, how are, are they, are they paying for your happiness? Are they paying for your experience? Are they paying for your expansion? Like, no. So everyone's always going to have an opinion and a lot of um, inventory I've been doing lately is just listening to people in conversations And a lot of people have a very negative outlook and will come with a negative twist and knowing that someone will always have something to say. And a lot of times it's not going to be in your empowerment, right? Or they will put it down or say you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's, it it is like, like going, like you were saying about like going through that, um, that story or that through line to different things in your life. It's when you can find those seeds and you see how it was working out for you, there's such empowerment in that, right? That, and giving it up to like, there's a greater story being played out and we're in the way of it playing out. And if you get out of the way 
and know that like, you know, um, I haven't read the book, but I like the title, Gabrielle Bernstein's like, um, what is the title of her book? Uh, the universe has your back or something. Right. And it's such a great title because it's so true. Oh, true. We're programmed into thinking that things are going against us because if bad things keep happening or whatever, but if you're looking at it from a different lens is it's working for us. Yeah. And it's getting us into something greater than our little monkey minds could even imagine to create. Yeah. It becomes really fun. And I think that's where I've put myself and I'm like, since I left my job and stepped into my full purpose and really um, hold like, defining that and seeing what that is I'm so excited well okay what are you guys gonna do next like what do you got in store because what I was doing was not fun yeah what what path is out there for me what expansion can I do and that's why I stay so open to like okay if we're gonna leave LA let's leave LA if we're not meant to leave LA then we'll stay here but what what then experience or thing am I gonna be led to next and yeah with staying grounded for me, because I jumped around a lot in my twenties, even though I lived in LA, like I had a lot of drama and I couch surfed for like a while. Like I was homeless on and off for like three years in just all these different ways. And like, I would stay on couches and I think I slept in my car, like maybe twice, but I didn't really live anywhere. And, um, like I said, this part of my life is like the first time I've ever really fully been grounded. Like I actually bought furniture and things, but then I would kind of go through panics because I have this uh, really beautiful, I do voiceover. So I have a really beautiful voiceover studio and it's, it can be taken apart and moved, but everything's really heavy. Right. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, great. I have this thing that's mobile, but it's going to be such a bitch to get out of here. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I also got certified in ozone therapy. So I just bought an ozone sauna for my clients and it's big. And I'm like, okay, I have this thing that's really cool and it can really help people heal. But now I have to lug it places. Like (laughs) I've always had the mentality of like, how do I get out of here? Yeah. (laughs) How do I just like pack up and go? And like, no, you've actually like brought things into your life that are, are making you a little bit more grounded. So I'm like, okay, but what's that, that has brought me in the last couple of years is that I've not being told I have to leave yet, but my social circle, I'm actually now attracting in such like-minded spirits and people in my life that I haven't had for years. And they're becoming really plentiful. And I'm really creating such a community here for myself Mm. that it's making sense of why I'm being grounded here a little bit longer is to really build that network. Yeah. Awesome of like-minded people. Cause I, I spent a lot of years. I'm like, okay, I'm around a lot of people, but I always feel like I'm the mentor. I'm this or that. And I'm like, I need more people that are interested in what I'm interested or see life the way I do or X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. And where I'm not teaching everyone or, you know, but like when you're stuck in your grind, you know, it's, it's hard to, it was hard to get out and go into different functions to be able to find the people. And then when everything was taken away, I was like, okay, I'm available to do whatever. Yeah. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) (laughs) And then now that we're kind of back into like more of a swing of stuff, more people, I've just created a propelling where more people are just coming in and coming in, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It works out when you lean in, you surrender to the path. 
supposed to be and what's supposed to be happening. And yeah, when you're willing to offer the vibration of who you truly are and what you truly desire, the people who are meant to be a part of that are magnetized to you. Yeah. And you you do innately just find yourself happier, right? It's, it's the happiness isn't something you're searching for anymore. It's just, it just becomes, it just is because yeah, the vibrations, the things you're being around when you're not being authentic with yourself, well, then you're not having authentic friendships. You're not having authentic relationships. You're not having authentic experiences or jobs, or you're not living to your, really your greatest expression. Yeah. Which is sad, you know? Yeah. But I guess we're all in our own path of like, we all get there when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to honor time. And do you have any final thoughts, closing statements, comments, stories, anything you want to? Yeah. I mean, just the thing I say at the end of all my podcasts um, is sort of my mantra, my motto, my best advice. It's to keep asking big questions and taking bold action because you're here for a reason. So if you don't feel like you're on your path, um, I'll tell you right now you are. If you feel like your path could be greater and more, don't give up on that possibility and keep asking what that looks like for you and where you can go from here and what else is possible now. Yeah. And taking bold action. Sometimes when you're on that path and you're asking questions and action is called for, you know, sometimes it's a big move. Sometimes it's a breakup. Sometimes it's just walking your dog in a different direction than you usually do and see what comes and what happens from that. But yeah, there's infinite potential and possibilities on this planet. And it's those that believe that and that are open to receiving that, that find greater and greater as we go along. So keep going. Yes. I love it. Well, I will put all your information in the show notes for people to connect with you and buy your book and all the things and your Oracle deck and all the yummy stuff that you're doing. Awesome. And thank you so much for coming here today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk with you again soon. 